just testing the mic. Because, test, test the mic. Because, um, like a dick, I've forgot to bring the... Most of the parts. Well, basically all of it, really, wasn't it? Um, let's see how that sounds. What do you mean, call some stuff up? Well, um, I'll get uh, something about the um, inside number nine, you know. Some uh, some facts. Some facts, yeah. That's that's my my. What is it? It's not my raison d'etre, is it? But it's my. It's, no, what, it's your raison d'etre, isn't it? See, I'm terrible. This is it. This is it. I'm terrible at French because I never did it. <laughs> we did German. Yeah, well, that's one of those things, isn't it? That. Uh, that people say, it's, I, I've pointed this out to you, that apropos of nothing, it always, people always say apropos of nothing. So yeah. they might as well just show it to apropos. Well, I'm not so sure about this. Oh? Because I've been looking up what apropos means. And what does apropos mean then? Well, I can't remember now. <laughs> yeah, it resonated then. <laughs> so, but this is the thing, is apropos of nothing, you might as well just say something else then. It's, I've said, what, what, you, what you're saying this is, the reason I'm saying this is not inspired by anything that's just happened. I've just thought about it in my head. Oh, well, I thought you were sort of saying that it was irrelevant to add of nothing because apropos... No, it doesn't mean the same nothing. thing. No, ah. what I'm saying is apropos of nothing, people say, by the way. Yeah. Which is what it means. So by you might as well just say, by the way. Yeah. Or apropos. Did you, did you get that off I just saw it there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might as well just say, by the way. And by the way... This, welcome to the mid-season summer special. Well, I thought so. So there will have to be some sort of spectacular. To yeah, it, maybe a, maybe a, a, like a, the sound of a tingling. Is that what you're thinking? Is that spectacular enough or were you thinking something else? Well, I've, I've been learning juggling, so I thought I might do some, some juggling. Great for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been thinking about jugg- juggling firebrands, but I thought we might have younger listeners. Yeah, you might be. Yeah. So I decided to juggle... A golf ball in a sock. Nice, yes. Well, I, I'm just juggling now, if you want. I'm going to juggle three lions. The other big announcement is that uh, there is no change to what we're going to do in this summer special. We're going to go back to inside number nine, like we did for the mid-season start of the summer special, um, which was sardines. This one, and that was the first episode of season one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But we're going to go the first episode of season two. Which is La Couchette. Which which, is your favourite episode. Which is my favourite episode, yeah. Smashing. Which uh, does resonate a little bit with sardines, because as we were saying, very tightly shot. Yeah, it's a closed space drama that relies heavily, not on action, but more what's happening in the dialogue and... And the story itself, the story is allowed to flourish. Yeah. Right, because you know, because you, you're not getting much to play with in this tight uh, confines. And it does, again, uh, reflect Toto quite a lot, I think. Yeah, it is a really... A good, a good episode of Toto. It's a really good episode of Toto, yeah. Um, well, we will analyse that, we will report back, it, uh, and we're going to start that in a moment, but first of all... We need a some theme music, some theme music that is different to the regular one because uh, you know it's as I said, as we said before, that the you need, you need to jazz it up for summer special. Summer special, you? it's a different one. It was probably it was it was shown probably on a Sunday evening. Oh, oh right, yeah. in the olden days, it would have been shown on a Sunday evening as the summer special. 
Is that because the summer's drawing to a close? Because uh, it would normally have been the Saturday tea time. Saturday tea time would be our regular slot. Then there's a break, and then they'd be announcing another one. And maybe, no, actually, actually, maybe this was Saturday at six o'clock in yeah, the afternoon. I reckon. It I would, reckon after so, fix it after the fix it program, which we do really can't mention. No, we can't. Uh, after what else could there have been? Grandstand. Grandstand would go until about five fifteen. <laughs> it, it, would, it would start at like eleven. Yeah. And then just carry on. And worst of all, show every sport that there was. Worst of all, there'd be World of Sport on ITV. That was Dickie Davis. With Dickie Davis. But let's go back to Grandstand. All right. You've remembered me about this. That um, it did start early on, and it was Des, Des Lynham, and Coleman, probably. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I remember. Boff. Yeah. Oh. Of course, he got uh, he, he got caught in flagrante delicto, he did, didn't, didn't he? he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Frank, he did. Old Frank Boff, spelled B O U G H, as in bow, bow. Yeah, um, but yeah, it would start at like eleven, and you would get an introducer, and then they'd say, right, we're going to show a bit of gym gymnastics. And then they'd say, right, that's enough of gymnastics. We'll show a bit of something else. Here's an FA Cup match. Uh, then we'll show. Athletics from Peterborough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll go to final score. It was every. It was Saturday, wasn't it? Absolutely. And as I say, I'd, I'm not a sporting person. No. And so I'd be looking for what else is there. And the answer is bugger all yeah. because there were three channels, and it's World of Sport with Dickie Davis on the other, and, and Satan Greavesy. Satan Greavesy at, at lunchtime. And yeah. uh, the only good thing was the wrestling, of course. Yeah, and and. Every now and then you got uh, like an American version of the wrestling. Oh, you see, that was, but that was after my time. Yeah, you see... You... For, me, for me, it'd be like coming from Adwick Lee Street or <laughs> Skegness or something like that. Blackpool. Yeah, yeah, I actually did go to see the wrestling You're at Adwick kidding. Lee Street. No, no, Kendo Nagasaki was, was Yeah, wrestling. did you ever see the unmasking of Kendo Nagasaki? Oh, I, saw it, I saw it on the telly the other day and uh, he'd got the uh, shaved head with a star on it, and not he? Oh, right, OK, well, I saw the... The unmasking, and when they took his mask off, it was just another mask underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm not too sure if that was a joke or whether it was actually that's what he had tattooed on his head. <laughs> his own mask. His own mask. Yeah, but he was actually quite scary, him, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, Tayu was scary. Uh, the maniac. Well, you would be, wouldn't he? You'd, you'd have to be, wouldn't you? Finger. Uh, put a pin in that because I've got some other names, nicknames right. that I've found out recently. Because you, you see, the the wrestlers I knew. Didn't Maniac I? was Cat Weasel, by the way. I couldn't trust him. I thought he was disabled. I don't understand. Cat Weasel, he, just, he was just mad. Oh, right. Yeah. So he wasn't Maniac. He wasn't a Maniac. Right. He was, um, my nickname for him was Maniac, that he couldn't trust him. Even though it was scripted, he could just go off script and rip somebody's eyes out. <laughs> well, obviously, there was um, Big Daddy. Of course. Giant Haystack. Yeah, of course. But other than that, they didn't really have names much. No, uh, Nagasaki was one of them. Cat yeah. Weasel was another. Uh, but there was Mick McMichael, I remember. <laughs> there was Mick McManus. There was Les Kelly. <laughs> Les Kelly, yeah, of course. Yeah. They, were, they were like ordinary people. <laughs> yeah. Sort of slightly overweight and very tight trunks. It, yeah. It was, a, it was a really weird spectacle. But, but as I say, every now and then they would go back, they would go... Right, we haven't got any wrestling from Gainsborough this week. <laughs> so what we're going to show is some American wrestling. 
And as a kid, it was like that was rock and roll wrestling. Well, well yeah, I mean, there's colours and I, I mean, people I did, cheering. I did see it later on and like hitting people with chairs and all sorts all of stuff. That wouldn't stuff. It? Yeah, it was, well, that now obviously still happens and it's probably one of America's biggest uh, exports, isn't it? Of yeah. TV, certainly. So, well, they got it right, we got it wrong. Now then, um, <laughs> the other nicknames that I've thought of were I was looking through the Geordie Shore house. Uh, and I was thinking, I've got nicknames for pretty much all of these. I, I haven't what, got pe- of people in Geordie Shore. That I call them in my head. Yeah, one of them is I call mentally disabled because she is right, right. Right. Okay. One is old man because he's, he is he's just an old man. How old's old? I mean, Geordie Shore, thirty. 30 yeah. 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 Um, one is one racist is another one. And there's a few more. I'll probably have to do some. I'll I'll, I'll just so chip in you, through you, series three. I'll get. I'll... Have you sort of moved off Tower onto Geordie Shore now? You seem to be doing a bit of a tour of these I, sort of horrible programs. I need to see these horrible programs to wind myself up, I, because it's just ridiculous. And I'm and I'm watching. And Michelle, I bless her, she must have a really hard time watching it with me because I I'm just constantly at it. It's like, right. look at this fucking bell end. Look at this. This is, that ain't right. That ain't right. Music. Right. Uh, so, yeah, let's crack on with this. The episode. Then we're doing La Couchette. Which I think in French is bunker or bunk up, um, like oh a room. It's not room, that's chambre, isn't it? But couchette is like mm, bedroom, share, yeah. bed share. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't look at it. Can we do a quick, uh, what do they call it, translate on let's, that? Uh, let's La couchette. Well, what happens is it starts off... And they've got a really nice arty way of doing intros to the episodes where, you know, the, using After Effects, the title appears and then goes back in perspective and stuff. And, and as a, there is, we're on a train and a train guard is walking down the train, the, sorry, the, the corridor bit, and he passes a room which it shows you the, the, the layout of how people sleep in this room. And um, then it says on the, the side, number nine, La Couchette, which is translated as the bed. <laughs> very smooth, very smoothly done. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I gave you enough. I bought you enough time there, didn't I? To, you did. To do that. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. So this just to set the scene. Then we go inside the room, and there are six beds on one, uh, three on the left, three on, three the, on right. the right, and they go up. So one of the bunks, you might bunks, call them. Yeah, right. yeah. One on bottom bunk, middle bunk, top bunk. Ladder right at the end, next to the window. Yeah. Uh, opposite, opposite the door. Opposite the door that you're going in. On the right-hand side, three more beds in a, uh, mirroring the left set. Yeah, six beds in total. It did sound as though there might be 12 with your description, I thought. Yeah. You think? Yeah. yeah okay. Well, there's not. There's six. There's now, six yeah. um, so that is it. And it's a, obviously, it's a sleeper train. Um, that's what that's our that's our thing that's our setting in in France. It seems. We're travelling through Europe because uh, currently we're in France, I guess. Yeah. Um, but we've 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 been through Europe. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Because that's now. Then I think I've introduced something that might not have been discussed at the writing of this. Is that 
they didn't know. So when when some people get on this train, they will have been in France, but some people would been on it for a while beforehand. Yeah, is that right? Well, I, you know, I find the whole bit of this journey a bit strange because, well, we, we can talk later about where people are going. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so um, yeah, so anyway, the, we start off in it's night time. Reshear Smith is getting undressed and it's in the dark. He's closed the window, the curtains, yeah. shut the window, and he's getting dressed, undressed. Now, at the time of him getting undressed, there's already somebody asleep in, in the middle, middle bunk, bunk left hand side as you're yeah. looking as you come in the door, aren't they? So yeah. he's being, you know, he's kind of like he's all prim and proper. It's actually, this role is classic Shearsmith. It's, yeah, it really is classic Shearsmith. It is, isn't it? yeah, yeah. But he's quite uptight. You can tell that from the way he's moving. Can't yeah, yeah, he's, yes, he's, he's not, he's not overdoing it. It's, it's subtle. Of, yeah, tells you everything you need to know. Though. And I would say, I think with some of the characters in this, subtle's not really how I would describe them. No, it's. So I think some of the characters are very broad in this one. It's quite, yeah. They are extreme versions of that particular part. Like, yeah. like we're we're jumping ahead a little a little bit, but the German people, the German person is very German. Well, he's he's the next to arrive. Yeah. Isn't he? So let's let's. So Shearsmith gets himself into the middle bunk on the right hand side. Yeah. So uh, and then puts his eye mask on. That's it. Seconds later, in walks Pemberton. Yeah. And he's really unkempt. He's farting. Looks a bit drunk. He's he's behaving in the way that is often associated with German tourists, isn't he? Really? That's right. Yeah. Uh, rightly or wrongly. Yeah. But he, uh, he's taking up loads of space. Fat, big. Uh, not uh, not obesely fat, but uh, he's fat. He's big. He's opening he's the windows. He's farting. Not, he's not really caring about. The other person no. in, the, in the room, and and yeah, he he looks. I mean, he's ready for bed, but he's drunk. Yeah, clearly, he's, he's, and he, he looks in, in in his sort of bad way, doesn't he? He's, now he's watching porn on his phone. <laughs> yeah, he's got a text message through. It's another porn clip, <laughs> um, and he's in a shirt and tie. So it's that uh, I was going to say Rabsi Nesbit, but that wasn't. That's not the character. It's it's another. Comedy character that wears shirt and tie to get pissed in, and I forget who it is. But uh, anyway, but if we haven't already set the scene, there's your next character. Everything that we've said is imagine him trying to get into bed, and all of the fiasco that's involved in him getting to bed is 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 what you can imagine there, and that's causing rising anger in Reese. Isn't it? Again, yes. quite subtly, he's not he's not you know. But rising is a good word because first of all, it's kind of like the. Passive aggressive looks, the stairs, the, the you know, come on, get to bed. I'm trying to sleep and stuff. And then um, earbuds go in, and um, the, he, oh yeah, he also he does a coughing fit and realizes he's ended up with the the, the gauze in his mouth. Yeah, this is the German. The German. Yeah, opens the, opens the window, spits out, but it comes straight back at his face, um, and let us, you know, it's like. It's caused him a bit of a shock. So that's then another uproar of, of emotion from the German guy. So have you, you you were saying that you'd like to sleep in one of these things. Have you ever sort of travelled in Europe on a train? Or I've not travelled in Europe on a train, no. I've, I, I, do, I don't mind train journeys, no. And I've travelled through Europe. But um, the 
the idea of a sleeper train. Yeah. Just, just, I love it. I think that there's even a reference here later on to uh, the, the Orient Express. Yes, yeah. And the murder on the Orient Express, which, as you know, I love whodunits. And that's a classic right there. And it's always been a dream of mine to go on... Well, the Orient Express would be the dream, but actually just to go on a, a train that travels, you know, through 24 to 48 hours' worth of, of country. Yeah, yeah. I love the idea. I just love the idea. Well, we... we I When I was a, a schoolie, we went to... Um, Is that what they call schoolies? They call them schoolies? Schoolboys. 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 Yeah, schoolies is more like with the with the skirt on, isn't it? Yes. Which well, that was a different yeah, story. Different. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. But we, we'll talk about when you were a schoolie later. But <laughs> let's talk about when you were a schoolboy. Now we went to um, oh, to Paris and to um, Versailles, and we went on a on a sort of we went on a coach, and then we went on uh, on a ferry. And uh, finished up uh, thinking about it on this occasion, not on a train at all. But <laughs> <laughs> it did it did remind me of yeah, this okay, because of it was it was through France. Yeah. And uh, we were only twelve, so when when we set off, we didn't have any sort of alcohol or anything like that, you know. But uh, they uh, they introduced us the guys that, that we were with introduced us to the Ooch Coochie song. We, we played that. <laughs> No, it's, you have a thing where you get a rhythm going, and you go names of types of car, and then you have to go around and announce it. Right, okay. So, so like a drinking game, but right. without alcohol. Right. So, what they had to do is come up with some sort of um, forfeit for right. if you if you got it wrong, and uh, they came up with two, and one was the Steve Ball Nasher bite. <laughs> And, right. and the other was the hover punch. <laughs> so, I've got to say, nobody opted for the Steve Ball Nashabite. But the hover punch was this guy who was known as Hover, who, who really wouldn't have been able to. And he would run the length of the bus and punch you in the arm if you got it wrong. <laughs> so, so that's always stuck with me, that. We the the main guy on it was a guy called uh, Yemi, and uh, at the time there was a um, an outbreak or a concern about rabies. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. And yeah, they were always early eighties. Yeah, they're yeah. all posters. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. Over that vicious dog. Yeah, there was a vicious yeah. dog's mouth, like the Cujo poster. Yeah, they were terrifying. Yeah. As yeah. They were going to get in. And anyway, when we were in Paris, uh, Yemi did get licked by a dog. <laughs> And so he decided to spit on us all in order that if he got rabies, we'd get it too. <laughs> Coming back, we'd, um, we'd managed to get hold of quite a lot of beer. Yeah. And so uh, we could play the Kuchikuchi game properly. Yeah. Uh, so we were all quite hammered when customs got on to check us as we were coming back. And uh, there were just beer bottles rolling all over me, yeah. just in this 12-year-old's coach. And it smelled so bad that me and my mate Gobi, when it pulled into some um, uh, motorway services, yeah. 
we we went and slept underneath the the uh, table in uh, in one of the restaurants because it was just unbearable. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as I got back, my mum said, "Get straight in the bath." That that's it. <laughs> so that that was my sort of journey to 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 France. Well, my, I I'd been to. I think there's been a few coach. Uh, that's it. That's my experience of travelling through Europe was coaches. Yeah. One. So the the one that I was thinking of was uh, when we went to Amsterdam, and. I guess the the thing that I remember most was that Belgium stank all the way through from really? the, from the start of Belgium to the end. Oh, Belgium. I'm disappointed. Yeah, uh, but the the, no, the the story that you've just reminded me of there was on the way back from Amsterdam. A, a few of us had like got hold of like a, a weed or two, right? right? And um, you would just kind of end up. You realised that you'd bought that much because you were just so excited to, to be able to buy it yeah. that you ended up. With with stuff that was going to have to come back with you, but we were so like um, you didn't want to get rid of it as uh, at the earliest point. You wanted to you wanted to savor it as long as possible. So we were picking as point on when we were going to have to get rid of it, and it was close to the border. That's how it was in France that we were going to actually just chuck it. So that's what happened. There was a bunch of weeds just ended up on the side of the road, Absolutely. coming out of the... But as I say, you know, you were just that excited. You were just high as fuck. And anyway, <laughs> we got on the ferry, and I don't remember much about any of the, the journey, really, other than that what had happened. But we got back into... I think we were in Dover, and we were in the... <laughs> we got back onto the bus, and this is the high-caliber security that they had at the time. Pre nine eleven, by the way. Okay, so this could have changed, but we got onto the the bus. We got from the ferry. You're getting like you were approached by like, um, like ticket booths, sort of thing. Right. And as the bus got into this area, it had to stop, and then somebody got on. Yeah, this is what happened with yeah. the bus with the vehicles. Yeah, exactly that. So then a woman gets on. And she's in uniform and everything. And now, bearing in mind that the the manifesto is about forty uh, uh, art students that are uh, between eighteen and say twenty five, right? Uh, who have just been to Amsterdam. That's <laughs> you, that's the, that's what you've got to Certain work. Certain suspicions may be around. Exactly. Okay. This is what she did. She came on, and then she said, "Has everybody got a passport?" She stood at the front and we all went, yes. And we kind of like did, uh, you know, uh, presented our passports high up in the air. She kind of glanced over and then just got off the bus. <laughs> and my mate Ali, he was like, fuck, I just got rid of a bunch of weed on the side of the road in France. Fuck. And he, he, honestly, he could have brought it in. He could have brought it into the country at that stage. But look, you know what? We Nobody got caught and we were... We were on that side of the law, the right side of the law. It's the right place to the be. The right side of the law to be oh, is I'm the glad place. To hear it. Okay, so uh, I would still like to travel through sleeper trains. That's the moral of the story. Right. So we now get to um, the, the fat man goes to sleep. The German fat man yeah. gets onto the top bunk above Reese Shearsmith on the right hand side. Yeah. And in walks, then there's like a moment. Of silence, he starts snoring. That aggravates Shearsmith even more, <laughs> and he's and then he gets into a bit of an argument with him and starts using German. Yeah, and he, I think it becomes clear at this point that uh, he doesn't speak English really. 
Uh, the German guy doesn't. Yeah. But Rhys Shearsmith is English who can speak German. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, now then, in ne- walk. Next in is uh, Julie Hesmond Haig. Yeah, from uh, Coronation Street. Coronation Street, he was, she was a man. She was a man called Haley. Um, yeah, a woman man. And. What? Yeah, we can't say that. We can't say she was a man. That's all because it's non, non-PC and it would have to go back. No, she was a man in it. She was, she was what? She was a man in the show who was who'd had her sex up. Yeah, so she'd become a woman. So yeah. we'd be able to say that. Yeah, we would be able to say that because that was her background. That she was a man who was oh, a woman. She had been a man. She had been a man. Did yeah. you not know this? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, just, I just thought that once the, because she was transsexual, you'd have to say she was a woman. You can't PC say she was a man. I don't think. No, you but but her storyline was that that was what she was. Yes. The, um, the the soap opera is not the re- a real story. I think what we can do is we can if it was real, then we would probably just go. It's a woman, but we would. No, you couldn't say it's you a couldn't woman. Say, we couldn't even ex- you couldn't emphasize. Man. No, you've got to say it's, it's a, a woman. It's a woman. It is a woman, and always has been a woman. But then somebody would say, "No, I'm proud that I was once a man." It's, it's a minefield, it's isn't it? It's a bit sensitive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think... I this think was definitely a character that was a man that, that had become a woman. Yes. And that was her thing. That's that was right. her shtick. So, in walks Julie Hesmond. Hesmond, hey. And... Uh, Mark, Mark Benton. Mark Benton, who's been in a lot of uh, dr- one-hour dramas for ITV sort of thing, hasn't he? In yeah, I, I couldn't... I, I can't sort of just think of any just off the top of my head. No, he's but... been in one with Robson and Jerome. What, one of the Robson and Jerome characters. He's um, been in Northern Lights. That's the one he wants. That, <laughs> that was the one I meant. <laughs> the, that was the one where uh, they were competing over the Christmas tree lights. Oh. oh, was it the one where they're going to the Northern Lights? Anyway, it was a Christmas one, but they've done two, I think, then. And he was also in Strictly Come Dancing in 2015. He was born in, in Guysborough. In, in North, in uh, North York, which is interesting now because he actually he, he plays the this northern northerner. Yeah. So's Julie Whitman Way. She's a um, a northerner. At, obviously, Coronation Street was Manchester, so she, there's no uh, big uh, difference there. And they their roles are lovely northern, a lovely old northern couple, aren't they? And very and well acted. Typically English, I think. Typically northern English, yeah. yeah. And they, there's a lot of um, Peter Kayisms in this, like turn the big light on and stuff like yeah. that. Which Actually, talking about Peter Kay, I've recently watched the second series of Car Share. Right. It's brilliant. I mean, have you, watched it, it, have you watched it all the way through? Yeah, I on uh, the eyeball player. Yeah, it's four episodes. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a shame, really. She's in there. I mean, why four? In, in England, it's six. It's usually it? six, isn't it? In but America, even, even that's a weird one. Or something. Yeah, but uh, but I've I've watched it all as well. Yeah, I'd sort of gone off Peter K comedy until everybody started doing observational comedy very badly, oh. and then I realised that actually Peter K pretty much owns that. And he's very, very good at it. Leave him to it. And I watched Car Share, not wanting to like it, but ended up really, really loving it. Really, well, I, really loving it. I was surprised to notice that uh, it's um, it's not one of his own, is it? There's, a, no. there's three writing credits. That's right. And uh, the the woman in the car, she's one of the writers. She's one of the writers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, she's been in other stuff before, but that's the only thing I think that's made her super famous. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. 
But, um, but yeah. yeah, when they come in, yeah. I think part of their Englishness is they're totally opposite to the German in that they're terrified to make a noise because yeah. there are people asleep in yeah. there. They, they they need to. Yeah. So, for example, one of the things that she does is she needs to get what we've what we discovered first of all is that they're going to to watch their daughter get married. That's yeah. the reason why they're travelling. Yeah. So. She, she in France. In France. So rather than um, put the suits in like a luggage area, she wants to keep them inside the the sleeper carriage with them. So oh, hung up. yeah, oh, hung up. So and then she realizes she's, she's got her tickets inside the, one of the compartments in it. So she has to undo the zip. Now she starts going zzz, and then realizes that's too loud. <laughs> so the remainder of the zip pull is d- 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 every what do you call them? Clasp tooth tooth. Every zip tooth goes. Now, as she's doing it, and she just keeps on doing it, it's really, really nicely done. But Shearsmith, he, he's like, am I, am I hearing this right? Something's... So he takes his earbud out and then realises that somebody's using a zip at slow speed and then says, just get on with it. <laughs> so then she goes, and then she's in. He puts his ear, ears back in. And then Mark Benton walks back in because he's put his luggage elsewhere and then they begin the where the, how they're going to get to bed. They noticed the, the dilemma that, uh, in fact, the German, who is in the top bunk, on the right-hand side, above Rishi Smith, is in one of their beds. Yes, because these are single beds, and what they were going to do was sleep opposite each other. So one of them was going to sleep on the top left, one of them was going to sleep on the top right, but the top right is being occupied by a German guy. Yeah. So they decide... Right. Not, not to do anything about the it. The most English thing... <laughs> Is cope and complain and complain. <laughs> so they begin the dance of the undress, uh, which is like so. Get on the top bunk and then start getting undressed, which is you know there's a, there's a nice couple of minutes comedy there because yeah. it's really awkward but, bashing the reds and all sorts of stuff like this, uh, which winds Rishi Smith up further. Yeah, um, they, they they treat it as a bit of a challenge, and, and he says it's it's not the crystal lace, <laughs> which I always think is a, a, a good uh, analogy <laughs> when everything's a slight complicated mission. Um, so, um, yeah, this, uh, they, they begin, uh, I guess, settling for the fact that they've got to sleep in the same bed and they have a conversation about the wedding, um, as they're, they're getting undressed and she, they start talking about crab sticks and crab's dicks. Yeah. And I love that. I've never noticed that. Um, no, and it brings to mind, doesn't it? When, when when they said that, I imagined them like lying in the in the uh, fishmongers. <laughs> it's I mean, crabs dicks. Yeah, but it is one of those things. It's a we call egg corns, isn't it? What's that? An egg corn where you mishear something. Oh, and then but, it sticks but, with you. But you say the other thing like just desserts, just deserves, which is my one. And, the, uh, a, a famous one is bombsy tit. So it looks like the room looks like a bombsy tit. And you, and the one some it was on Adam and Joe. One, somebody wrote in and said, you know, my mum always used to say your room looks like a bombsy tit, and he misheard it and and think thought that bombsy tit was a was a word. Well, you see, I I had a thing, and I, I think I have shared this before, but I, I did it the wrong way. There's a, a song by the um, oh god, they're they're American and they're pretty and Susanna Hoff's in them. The Bengals. Yeah. And uh, there's a line in it that for many, many years I thought was poking the middle bit. <laughs> right. And I, 
I later then discovered it was the punk and the metal band. Oh, right. Wow, that's quite a, a leap, isn't it? Like? Yeah, but, but when I sort of explained it to Elle, I didn't do it right. I should have said to her, what does this sound like? Right. But I said to her, this sounds like poke in the middle bit, and it spoiled it forever. I could, <laughs> I could never go back. Well, it's one of those where, you, you know... Michelle's classic is that she, up until last year, I think, thought... And it was me who announced it to her. Announced, I hate it to break her dreams on this, but she thought this... You know the song, Don't Look Back in Anger, is kind of like, um, so Sally can wait. Yeah, yeah. And she thought it was uh, Sally Conway. So Sally Conway. She thought they were talking about a person called Sally Conway. <laughs> and then I was like, no, no, it's Sally, Sally Conway. And she was like, oh, no, I thought it was like when you were a kid and you used to, like, used to call people by their first and surnames. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's uh, I had to announce that. But it did remind me of those Edcorns. And also, well, that's actually, I was driving over, and on the news, somebody said, and I can, I never, I've never said it out loud because I never know which one it is. Is oh. it full gone conclusion or foregone? Foregone. Foregone. Yeah. I never wanted to say it because full gone conclusion, it, it would also work as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 Anyway. I mean, talking about things that are apropos nothing at all. <laughs> By the way. Uh, regular listeners will know that I have a problem with our bakery. You do, yeah, but that was a... Oh, we had a bakery news for a long time. Well, it's because there's been a development, that's why. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, I think to set, to set the scene, I sort of live in a, in, a, in, a, in a village, sort of on the edge of town, and there are other littler villages... In satellite sort of villages, and it's a satellite village, sort of like a little bit away, but is that a term? I think it is. I oh, think right. it is. And if you go into these other villages, right, they're obviously not been touched by the rest of the world, right? And so there's been a lot of sort of perhaps inbreeding. Oh, right, really? Yeah, oh. and people look look very similar. Avatar eyes. Yeah, and very few teeth. It's, it's like deliverance country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was I was in the bakers, and what really annoys me with them, and I've been complaining about this for ages, is I, I think they're trying to upsell me things. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, because they always say anything else. You know, today. Yeah, but on the I, I usually go in during the week because I don't work. But I went in on a Saturday morning, and it was packed with deliverance people. <laughs> They'd had to stack the banjos by the door. And what happens is they go to the counter, and then they order something, and then just stand looking. And then the people behind the door say, anything else today? And then they order something else. And this just carries on and on and on. It's a... What do you mean? Can well, we role-play it? So, yeah, yeah, so they'll, they'll go, no. Right, and I'll bread say, rolls. OK, what can I do for you today? Bread rolls. OK, I'll get you some bread rolls. How many do you need? Bagful. Uh, OK, I'll just get this bagful. Um, Sarah, how many do we usually do in a bag? Is it six? Six, yeah. Six, OK. Two. Do one... <laughs> Do you want two bags of six? Two, two. You just want two bread rolls? Two bread rolls in a bag. <laughs> okay, I'm with you now. So, Sarah, I've got... So, okay, there's your bread roll. Anything else today? Cake. 
<laughs> which cake? Which cake would you like? As you can see, we have small cake. A small cake, right? Well, we can make them all small, but there's five to choose from. Which which one would you like? Four. <laughs> the fourth one the from fourth, the right. The fourth. The fourth from the right or the left? Left. Right. So your left or mine? Mine. <laughs> okay. Right, one, two, three. But is this this is the one? Yeah. That's that's it. Lemon with, sponge with the bacon. With, you want some bacon with this? You want some bacon? With the bacon cake. The bacon cake? We haven't... The cake has been baked. Oh, right, okay. The uh, Yes, well, we have baked it, so I'll just cook... Is that okay? Well, we're only doing two sizes, large and small. You want the small. There we go. Just put that into a box for you. Anything else today? Trifle. <laughs> right. You, hang on a minute. Wait, I tell you what, why don't I get a notepad out? <laughs> what can I do for you today? And that's your problem. And that's how it goes, you see. Mm. So, they've not been upselling. They've been treating me as a standard customer. Right. And, and it's been annoying me. Right. Wrongly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I've, I feel as though I've, I've, I've done it wrong. Well, you've got to go somewhere else, I think. If you want, if you want a decent experience, <laughs> go oh, somewhere. Not, not when oh. the, uh, oh, not when the when differences the, are out. Yeah, the avatar eyes are in. You should have seen Fight for Banjos when they were all, <laughs> all trying to get out of It's mine. Dreadful. Um, right, okay, so now we're back into the carriage, la couchette. And, oh, sorry, yeah. and what I want to know is how sturdy are those beds? Because there were two people on there. Yeah. One's a big guy, probably about a bit bigger than me, but still big guy. Mark Renton. Mark Benton. Benton. And Mark Renton, come back to that in a moment, train spotting. Right? Right. Come back to that in a moment. Right. Right. Mark Benton gets on the bed with Hayley Weston Trout. Yeah. And she's. And they're both getting undressed, so there's a lot of kind of movement going on. Yeah, that yeah. bed, that bunk is really sturdy. Yeah, yeah. Now, is that built for a studio? I mean, I'm assuming that, that was built for a studio. Well, I suppose that has to be, doesn't it? I suppose nowadays, you know, with um, weight increasing, yeah, uh, which is is not surprising. Right? I was in a, I was in a pub on Sunday. It doesn't matter. I was in a pub. It was when I was coming out of the hospital. Uh, I was oh, waiting right, yeah. to be discharged, yeah. and I'd still got my um, uh, the, the thing that they put up your up your vein in. Yeah, so I'm having to try try and keep it hidden because I thought they probably wouldn't sort of think it's right being in pub. No, probably methadone or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because it was bank holiday. You know? Yeah. Anyway, and uh, there was I, f- I forget what they call it, but it was two. This is one meal. Two twelve ounce rump steaks. All oh, right. Chips. Um, mushroom and all that. Right. Who eats twenty four ounces of meat at one yeah. sitting? You just don't need it, do you? No, that's but, a heart attack, isn't it? Yeah. on the plate. Yeah. yeah. So no wonder people are getting bigger. So you're saying that these bunks probably through your probably have to be specially designed. Yeah. Okay. And and also, well, it could just be that it was built in a studio and therefore they knew it was going to happen on the top left bunk, make that a bit sturdier. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Okay. Either way. There is, um, now it's getting a bit awkward, so they begin to arrange beds with the German. They've decided to bite the bullet, get in touch with the German by tapping him on the shoulder and and organise the change of beds. But there is a miscommunication. Uh, he thinks that he wants the wife to, to, jo- to join him. Yeah. Uh, and Mark Benton's kind of, no, 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 what I mean is, 
you're going to have to go down. And he says, well, okay, yeah, it all works for me in his German. Uh, and then Reese Shearsmith, again, annoyed. Have we explained that Shearsmith, the reason why he's desperate to get to sleep is because he's got an appointment? I don't know whether we found because that Because I don't know if he said that. He's obviously desperate to get to sleep. Yeah, but... yeah, which, which I sort of am just... Hitherto, it's put I, down to just his sort of... Who he is, yeah. yeah I yeah. don't know if I've written it down. Ah, oh, no, it's a bit further on. But anyway, yeah, so he's he's still annoyed that this is all going on. And um, they... Uh, he has to explain in German what he, they need to do. Yeah. So that's what he does. And eventually then, uh, Julie Borgman-Jake's husband, Mark Renton... Uh, does get in the German's bed, which he uh, he declares stinks. Yeah. Now I tell you what, this reminded me of. I was so I saw a clip from a show. I was watching Sunday Brunch, which I, I you watch a lot. Yeah. Um, and um, it was a show about uh, the Royal Navy, and it was saying that uh, they in the Stokers bit where the men who do the boilers live. They have got... It showed you their beds, which are like these bunks. Yeah. But they only have the height of... It must be an average man's elbow to wrist right. for him to sleep in. Right. And, and it's, oh, God. And it said that uh, they had to share their mess with 44 other men. What do you mean, their mess? Their shit? <laughs> what do you mean? I think it means their sort of communal area. The toilet. The, the toilet. Yeah, three toilets for forty-four of them, and uh, these 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 beds that you couldn't sit up in. I suppose that's one way to get rid of the. So like, uh, I guess if you want to get more things in, yeah, but how more terrible space. is that? That's awful, isn't it? It is a bit awful, isn't it? Yeah. And how did they eat? Because that's what brunch is all about, isn't it? It's about yeah. eating in weird situations. Yeah, but this, this, what they do, they just have clips from other shows, and so it, all, mm. all we got to know was about him sharing his mess yeah. with 44 men. Which oh, God, say sharing your old mess. Yeah, yeah. You shit. Right, uh, as the German gets out of the bed, he farts in Reese Smith's <laughs> face, um, and there's a really nice moment where... Shearsmith is, he kind of like breathes over to one side, breathes it out, and then whacks it. Did he away. try blowing it back? Yeah, as well? yeah, exactly. It's, 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 that's a great little moment. And um, now, this is where I put here, because we're about halfway into the episode here. It's, right. it's, it kind of like starts building up a bit of speed, but at this point here, you don't really know what the unexpected bit is, much like sardines, because you're just introducing characters along the way. Different, their their different tropes and their different habits and stuff, and you don't really know if there's any time to introduce an unexpected, no, twisty bit. No, and I, and I get so sort of caught up in it, I, I forget exactly. it. Yeah. You know, with um, with Toto, sometimes I'll sort of uh, be looking for it all the time, and it'll take my mind away from actually exactly, yeah, what's happening, yeah. But with this, it. It's so well sort of written that you just get involved, don't you? Yeah, you're just happy that you're being told the story. Yeah. So, well, finally then, after they've changed beds, bit of exchange here and there, there's a bit of quiet, a moment of quiet, before Mark Benton's travel alarm goes off, and for about 30 seconds, and, and he's doing that really 
that cool thing of can, now it'll go off in 30 seconds and it's the longest 30 seconds ever and it does it does go off after 30 seconds that's the end of that scene now it cuts to um, a the train exterior passing and then so that wasn't done in one shot by the way that's just one period of time yeah. one scene now the next scene is the, uh, an Aussie Oh, by the way... Who has been in. She's she been came, in before. That's right, I forgot to mention. She came into the room. Yeah. She was on the phone making a bit of noise and then left. Leaving the door open. Yeah. Um, we get the idea she's a, she's a tourist traveller. She's a traveller rather than a tourist. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she's got the backpack. Yeah. She's got a ill-fitting T-shirt. Yeah. Um, now, she returns a bit later on. It's obviously later on because I think everybody's fast asleep at this time. But she returns with Jack Whitehall, who plays a guy called Hugo, who's also a, a traveller. Yeah. Um, and he really is, is playing Jack Whitehall. Yeah. Now, this is... when I, I remember first seeing this and not liking Jack Whitehall at all, but actually really liking him in this. Yeah. Uh, and, as, and again, when we watched it back just now, I, 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 I once again really liked him in this. I think, I think he he's playing Jack Whitehall. He... Apparently, he did. He was a big fan of the first series. Yeah, I can imagine. And uh, he, he asked, "Would it be possible for there to be a Jack Whitehall shaped character?" That's yeah, nice way of doing it. Isn't that, it? That, that's that's good what. Good. Yeah. So um, anyway, they're, they're having a discussion about the countries that they've been in and their backpacking uh, adventures and stuff. Uh, I noticed noted here that they bought their clothes from, as you were saying, backpackers or us. Because uh, that's what they do, isn't it? They have to buy specific clothes to go backpacking. Yeah. Um, which, well, well, it's I, not necessary, is it? Not necessary, but they do. I discovered a new word about this, which is trustafarian. Which is? A young person with the fashion sensibilities of a hippie or any other cult, counterculture trend who subscribed to the unemployed, shiftless life of hedonism based on an unlimited amount of funds and a trust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, that. That's who these are. Which is sort that's of... these are... <laughs> Um, and then they start to make out. Yeah. Um, they don't really know each other. This is the first time they've met, but they've then just decided that uh, she's a bit of a slag and enjoys like, meeting guys on a travel. He's happy to go with anything. And um, well, we, we discover that he's given her some toilet paper. Which yeah, that, oh, that's how they met, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it seems to have clinched the deal. Yeah. Um, she says, whether you like to go wetlands or the arid desert... Uh, as a euphemism for the fanny or the arse, and um, he misunderstands, and so he says he went potholing in Derbyshire once, and <laughs> he enjoyed that. She she produces a condom. She produces which, a condom. Which she unravels, and at this point, there's, there's a big lurch on the train. But no, yeah, there's a little lurch on the train, and we see a head, a head like that moment in Jaws. But where the face comes out of the ship's hole, hole. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it stares at them. A second lurch. And then Jack Whitehall falls out of bed, and on top of him falls and the man's face and the rest of his body on top of him. Yes. We realise he must he's dead. He looks a bit dead, doesn't he? Yes, he does, yeah, because he's got the old staring eyes. Staring eyes dead. Right, okay. So then a great line here. That what happened, Jack Whitehall's explaining, well, we were in bed, and then all of a sudden this man fell out of the sky. And, um <laughs> Really, really nice line. Again, I couldn't fault Jack Whitehall for for his part in this. I really liked him, and that's annoying because I don't like him. Um, anyway, uh, as they're investigating, 
the went to see whether he is dead or not, and they decide he is. Well, Shearsmith. Shearsmith gets out and pronounces him dead, doesn't he? Yeah. Now, is this the first time that we realise that he's a doctor? Well, no, he's not. He doesn't say that he's a doctor at this point, but he's now taking doctor duty. Yeah. So we can we imagine he's got something to do with. The, that profession, I guess, or he's had experience. And as, it, as he rolls the body over, he notices that there's, there's a, a legion or a blister on his face. Yeah, which turns out to be the condom. Yeah. Which Jack Whitehall pulls off and says, save that for later, <laughs> which I think is another great line. It is. It really is. He's brilliant in it. <laughs> so then Shearsmith says, right, I'll go and I'll head off and check the guards and stuff. Comes, uh, oh yeah, by this point, we... Uh, the German guy goes rifling through his through his wallet, wallet looking for his travel pass. For ID or something like that and discovers a photograph the photograph being important because obviously in each one of these inside number nines there is a hair the the, uh, the, the rabbit type hair yeah yeah now it, when it's in these real type ones it's a representation rather than the hair itself so and this one, you've got to look quite closely, because when the photograph is produced, it is there on the right-hand side. Yeah, and you do get two looks at it. Yeah, you do. So you, you, yeah. Can, you can verify but it. You've got, you've got to know what you're looking for there. Yeah. But th- there it is, and we see him sat in his chair, a green chair, surrounded by his family. Uh, meanwhile... Then Ree Shearsmith comes back in and says there are, no gu- there are no guards about and all the doors are shut. Yeah. So he then... There is pretty much everybody gets into this conversation, a bit of an argument about should we stop the train or what should we do? Now, um, Jack Whitehall's suggestion is I've got no ticket, so if you stop the train, I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. Then Reece Shearsmith's character at this point says, actually, I'm not so fussed about the train stopping either because I've got an appointment with the World Health Organization in Geneva. In Geneva. Which I find strange because this train is in France. We're currently in France. And it's going to France, France. because that's where Julie Vervenet's daughter's wedding is. Yes. So it's a bit and of Geneva's a... in Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah. So I can't, depend, I can't it does depend obviously whereabouts this train is stopping. Let's let's be honest. It could be a oh, make believe station and near the border. Somewhere near the border there is easy access. We know that it's only a car for him. Well we don't. We don't. That's we don't at the moment. No, no. no. But uh, yeah. So the, yeah. even the German guy gets involved in this, and and the, so now Shearsmith has to argue in German. And I was wondering because it's really good. We don't get any subtitles to this, but but it's really well acted. And is that actual German? Do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it is. Yeah, because I did do German, and as I was saying earlier on, although I didn't do French, so that's a bit useless. Me and L we do use quite a bit of German in our daily life. Yeah. Just odd words. Because we will always refer to her sisters as Schwesters. Yeah, OK. If, if I'm going out, she'll say, do you want your lady yakker on? <laughs> right, OK. Uh, yeah. I say, I'll be zwei Minuten yeah. and things uh, like that. Yeah. If, if we're in the car, I'll say, and I'm going into the shop, I'll say, come to do mit. 
So, so that's always sort of stuck with me, that, and I don't know why. So, yeah, I can make out quite a lot of it, and well, I, think, it, I think it, that they are doing it. I yeah. think it, I mean, it does. It just feels like it's a comedy language at this stage, because they're doing this. But anyway, uh, well, so... One of, one of the things that they're considering breaking the um, emergency thing is, yeah. is Hayley's shoes, which the, are from Next. Yeah, we no, I noticed that, because the... the and they're nice-looking shoes, I think. The thing is about this is that we know Next, uh, an up-end up high street... But they're not in the realms of Harrods or like Le Bouton or yeah, anything okay. like that. So, but what they are are important to her is yeah. that it's what she can afford and classes to be nice. Yeah, and I really like that. I mean, that's that's a lovely touch um, because it's it's subjective is what looks nice and what's important. And anyway, so he's he's uh, Mark Benton is going to satisfyingly. Crack open the emergency stop glass with, with the heel of with the heel of the shoe, and it does look like something that I'd like to do as well. Yeah, yeah. Particularly with that device, but there again, there it seems to be the majority vote that they don't do anything. Yeah, well, I think Reese comes up with it's a good suggestion. Putting him back in bed for the guards to find in the morning. Yeah, and call, refers to him as cadaver. Now, that's obviously that's a doctor's word as well. Yeah, um, I think it was around this time when I first saw the episode that I realised that cadaver was a dead body, and I've seen it and I've seen and heard of a, a lot more of it since. So it was probably used quite a bit, but I just never appreciated it. Um, now, although there is this agreement, uh, Julie, who's, who's, yeah, who's playing Kathy, I think. Yes, that's right. Is really, really strongly against it. Isn't yeah, she's she's seen him not as a cadaver, not as a body. She's seen him as a person, and she's quite disappointed in uh, in Mark Brenton, uh, yeah. isn't she, for this one? So at this point, she sort of wants people to. Um, it she takes exception to it, so she wants people to have a bit of a a moment's silence or something like that. It's kind of like say a few words. Yeah. So the Aussie girl takes out the photo and then she starts describing him. He had he brought smiles to everybody's faces and he and was a father and a grandfather. All she's going on is the photograph. Yeah, and, and actually Drack Whitehall reminds her that actually, uh, you know, there's just a photograph that you're looking at and she said, I'm, I'm basing it on this photograph. Yeah. So anyway, they finish the, the speech and... She says she finished it off with, he was a man. <laughs> and they clap. Now, they're all very happy now because they're all going to get their way, apart from Kath, who rolls over in her bed and doesn't speak to Mark, who's, I'm not too sure what his character's name is. They put, they put the corpse back in bed. Jack Whitehall gets in with him. Yeah, so he has to because, because the, the Aussie girl, is she's, she's now found out, because he hasn't got a ticket, he's not who he said he... He claims to have been, which is a, a rich person, and he's he's broke. It's not that she doesn't want him for his money; it's she's bothered that he, he lied to try and get into bed with her. He's also produced the condom off the dead man's face, and we're uh, going to knock back with that as well. <laughs> yeah, because he was going to try it. Out, we've still got this, <laughs> and she says it's been on a dead man's face. Anyway, that's it. That's the end of the that that scene. It's now the next morning. It, that probably was through the morning, actually, in all this bit. But anyway, this is now practically waking up time, and there chaos happens, <laughs> which is well. It, I mean, it's sort of later on, isn't it? It's well. I th- I actually, I think an important bit that we've missed out here is that. Um, at some point, while all this has been going on, just after um, Jack Whitehall's produced the condom, 
Reese Shearsmith has given the German something. He's given him a. That's right. He's he given has him a laxative. Yeah. And he says to the other people, and, and again, I think this is very broad. He says he was compacted. It was probably beer and bratwurst. Yes. Uh, so he's given him. He's given him a laxative. Uh, I'm presuming in order to sort of counteract this. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's pretty much end of scene now, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. So then. It's later on, there's there's a bit of daylight coming into the, the cabin, but they're still sleepy, and we wake with Mark Benton practising his speech. And it's full of terrible clichés. Yeah, terrible clichés, and it's also annoying Rishi Smith a bit more, <laughs> because he's still trying to get as much kip as possible. And we, we do learn from him at this point. That's the bit where we realise. That he's got an important interview for the World Health Organisation. Yeah, so he's... So he describes he's, it about it's treating people with uh, something connected to angina. angina. And he's been preparing for this meeting, which is almost like a bid. He's got a grant to get yeah. in order to allow this research to go through that he's been he's put in motion 18 months previously. Yeah. And this is the moment where they'll decide who's going to get... The grant. Yeah. So he's, he can't miss this meeting, really. And, and so he's gone his way. He's a bit more relaxed now. Now, what I will say is... Um, oh, in fact, no, hang on a minute. Uh, when So at this point, Mark looks over, realises that Cathy isn't there. Yeah. And then the train sort of, like, screeches to some sort of halt, doesn't it? Yeah. Jack Whitehall and the corpse back out back on the floor. Bit, yeah. And then the the Aussie girl looks out the window. She can see a body on the rails. Yeah. We think it might have been Cathy, or that's a suggestion. And well, that is the suggestion, but mm. if you think about it, right, the body would have had to be in front of the train. Yeah, it's not... It's not real, is it? She, she would have had to got off, run in front of yeah. it, and jumped in front of it, or climbed across the top. Yeah, unless... Like, like, unless... The Aussie girls, they're on a corner and she's looking and it's past and she can see in the background. Yeah, in the behind. Anyway, there's now... The, the German guy wakes up and, of course, he's, he's ready to rumble. To the but even though he's desperate to go to... I mean, even desperate as, as he is, he doesn't seem to make any attempt to go and find a toilet. <laughs> no, he's just he going to do it he there. He just decides to have a shit in the, ca- yeah. In the yeah. room. And, and if it weren't for Jack Whitehall... He'd have done it on the floor, but Jack Whitehall's swift thinking is get something to contain the shit. And the only thing that he can find is Haley's next shoebox. Is the shoebox with the shoes in still inside with it? The shoes still inside it. It could have taken them out. I thought about that. At the but time. he's got to be quick because not only is uh, the German guy going to do the shit on the floor, he's going to do it on the face of the corpse, which yeah. is sort of rolled under him. So I don't think there's a lot of chance. So in the meantime. Reese Smith is now pissed off because they've got this the potentially delay as the train screeched to a halt, and he and he criticises Kathy if it was her that jumped. So Mark Benton takes exception to this and starts hitting him with his pillow. Yes, so there's absolute it's chaos. Absolute it's chaos brilliant. It's brilliant. The now, shit starts to come out. Jack Whitehall here. I noticed there are some film references here. Yeah, because the first the first one. Uh, that uh, he, he mentions is uh, Murder on the Orient Express and Stand by Me. And Stand by Me. Here he says, "I think we'll need a bigger box," which is obviously Jaws, a Jaws reference. Yeah. Could be the second Jaws reference yeah. if we count the head. Of course, yeah, that could be a nice uh, homage. Yeah, 
Uh, and it, it carries on then later on because there's so much shit going in the box. He's feeling like Augustus Glue. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's quite a few, a few of those in there. So he, he catches this poo, and then, and then they realise that the body on the track is not a person's body; it's a deer. It's a deer. Which again, I'm thinking Stand by Me. There's a there's a big there's a big important deer scene in Stand by Me and on the tracks. Yeah, because they have to. It's on the tracks. Just, but they have to decide whether they're going to kill it or not. Do they? Do they? I just I just seem to remember it coming out in the in the. In the oh yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, that was when they're on the tracks. Yeah, yeah. Mebbies. Mebbies. Anyway, um, now we've got the sorry the. Soon as the shit stops, pretty much, Kathy then walks back into yeah. the thing. So now we've got the two men stop fighting. They were in the bunks. Yeah. The Aussie girls at the window realise that it's not a dead body. There's Jack White all, all in a box of shit. There's the <laughs> an embarrassed German who's who's relieved to have got rid of his shit, and Kathy stood at the door. It's that scene is so well played out. And then he passes, and then Jack Whitehall passes the box to her and says, "I think you're going to need some new shoes." <laughs> right now, then there is a to end that scene and to start the next scene. There is the sound of a train, <laughs> like right. that, yeah. and it is the same sound from Train Spotting um, that was used at the title sequence. You know, they have to choose life, and it just it rolls up. <sighs> Yeah, and then just as the train spotting logo appears, it's, it, you got that. So anyway, that is a, the fact that you've been saying Mark Renton all the way through. All right, is, is yeah another another film reference. Oh. So then it cuts to the next scene, which it reveals that they've had a thirty-two minute delay. Um, everybody's getting ready; they're all dressed and ready to go, except uh, Jack Whitehall's had to get a new T-shirt, which the Aussie girls giving him. I it love, looks like I love Aussie boys or something like that. Yeah, it looks like they've made up a bit. Yeah, well, I think sort of by this time, because it's because it's the morning, everybody seems to be happier, don't they? Because in, in some way, because they're going. So the Aussie girl and Jack Whitehall decide that they're going to stick together, don't they? Yeah, and, and yeah, they've made up, and then they'll they'll continue their next journey together. Um, the doctor. Uh, who is Rishi Smith is packing up and he's looking all prim and proper and stuff and and he's got his way because he's his meeting is um, is not it, although he's been delayed on the train it's not actually upset the the meeting time so that's so good. Julie and Mark Renton have gone. She's, they've gone. They've, they've, she said that they want she wants to go to the funeral, but they've gone. Yeah, they, so, they, what they've said is that when they get when the wedding's finished, they'll find out who this man was, where he lived, and go to the funeral. So the only people left in the carriage at this point is uh the cadaver and uh, dr maxwell yeah uh, who's yeah and then he gets a phone call uh, to, to say that the driver is is ready and that dr mayer is he's gonna he's on the same train as him oh dr mayer so he's now right that you've got to be quick here in your mind to think so i'm picking up two doctors maybe that other doctor has something to do with this meeting Two, yeah, right. So then, Shearsmith confirms, yeah, that's fine. I'll be, I'll be with you. Sorry for the delay. And then he looks at the dead body, the cadaver, and starts talking to him and referring to him as Doctor Mayer. Mayer, and says, "Only one of us could get this grant." So, so to those of us who 
may not be up to Toto standard. Yeah. He's, he's killed him. He's killed him. Because so he's that his he, rival. Yeah, because so he can be the only one in the running for the grant. However, he mentions his name, Dr. Mayer, again, and in walks uh, the German guy, who's now polished himself up. Looks a lot better. Looks much better. And he says, I have... It sounds like um, <laughs> hair, hair lips. <laughs> and it's Pemberton who it is revealed that... He's Dr. Mayer. He's Dr. Mayer. And he said, no, uh, no, 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 Shearsmith. He says, that's Dr. Mayer there. Is, is, that was his bed. Now then, we then again, you flash back in your head because yeah. your brain works and wonderfully. All these mix-ups you, about who's in what yeah, bed. You've realised that the, the, the reason why it all went wrong in the first place was because... Not because of the German guy, but because the German guy couldn't get into his bed that he was meant to be in. Yeah. So it was the person, the cadaver, has ended up in the wrong place at the wrong, at the wrong time. time. Shearsmith's killed him, and uh, and he obviously we realise this now. And Pemberton is sort of like saying, "Ah, oh, yes, you know," uh, it kind of like uh, insinuating that may the best may man the win. Best man win. Oh, yes, may the best man win. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that's it, and then a great shot, and they and and they do concentrate very well on how things look in like the League of Gentlemen and Inside Number Nine, Psychoville. Is after everybody leaves the compartment, you've got this really nice shot of Shearsmith on his own, just looking through the gaping doorway with the body kind of like next to him and stuff, and it's it really is good, isn't it? It's fantastic, yeah, fantastic. It's it's totally how totally should be done. It's well, it's the reason why this. Let's not forget the reason why Inside Number Nine is so good. It's not just because of the guys who were responsible, because of tales of the unexpected. You know, you can sow the seed and then change it in the last thirty seconds. It's, yeah. it's allowed to happen, and it's great that uh, that young people are able to see this to try and you know to encourage writing like that because we don't get any writing like that. everything's so spoon fed yeah that um that it, it's it's just irrelevant yeah yeah i have decided that uh, i've been upstaged by the live juggling so i will not be bothering <laughs> with the firebrands or the golf balls in the sock really uh, i'm sort of um well the thing is i lied about the giant the lion juggling well, I lied about the uh, billion thieves uh, in the sock. Because here it is. Oh, well, here they are. Shit, I think so. actually done it. Yeah. As you can see, there are 15 balls and oh 15 God. thieves, right? Oh, my God. So prepared. Rob, put that down. Those. Them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here goes. <laughs> ah! Ah! Oh, God, my God. I think a bit more work required, but uh, it's quite spectacular, I thought it might be. 